0: You're listening to the Regent College Podcast.
1: Hello, my name is Octavio Fernandez y Mostajo.
0: My name is Claire Perini.
1: Welcome back to the Regent College Podcast.
0: Well, I mean, welcome. Someone might, this might be their first episode.
1: Then, So maybe they're not being welcomed back. Then welcome to the Regent <laughs> College Podcast for the first time. you are about to... Get ready. Yeah, get ready.
0: So you've joined us for a conversation around mysticism, but in particular... Christian mysticism and uh, what even is that and how does that differ or does it not differ from mm. Christian spirituality more generally uh, is it what is it what does it mean to encounter the transcendent
1: yeah because when you hear the word mystic or the mystical it's like is that even Christian like mystical you think about witches and mm. and weird demonic dolls I don't even know but like so but the, the mystical the mystical uh Perin is, <laughs> is laughing right now. Uh, when you talk about the mystical, what do you call it, history of the church, it's all about spiritual encounters with the divine, with God, or with the Holy Spirit, even with Mary. There's a bunch of stories about Christians in the past encountering and having experiences of... A third type is mm-hmm. that a thing, the third type. I don't know, I don't know but yeah. but but yeah. So we we talk about that, and what about our own Protestant or maybe Evangelical experiences right now? Mm-hmm. Do they relate with the Mystics in 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 the past mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. So we had a great conversation. And we did, especially if you had some some sort of experience of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, or something. And You don't know how to understand it or mm-hmm. talk about it, or you just. Yeah, this is a great conversation mm-hmm. for you, especially
0: totally. And we had the conversation not just with Octavio and I, but with Glenn Scorgi, exactly, who is a professor of theology at Bethel Seminary in San Diego, and he's writing some of the books he's written. One of them is called "A Little Guide to Christian Spirituality," uh, as well as the Zondervan Dictionary of Christian Spirituality. And he's been involved in the Chinese in a Chinese church in San Diego for many years, and lectures frequently in Asia. Uh, so he also has he also brings a, a global perspective and that kind of understanding as well of other religions and how uh, kind of mysticism mm-hmm. kind of can work in those places as well. So enjoy our conversation. Let's dive into
1: it and talk around about mysticism.
0: it. Glenn, welcome to the Regent College Podcast. Welcome
2: to the Regent College Podcast. I am honored to be here.
0: It's good to have you. Um we're gonna talk today about mysticism. Mm. And we usually like to sort of start with a bit of a definition as Spooky. we begin. <laughs> Tell us, what are, what is mysticism? What are we talking about when we're talking about mysticism? Um, why don't we start there?
2: Well, of course, that's um, a really important place to start, <laughs> because if you go off the rails in the definition, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. then you may never get back on track. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a semantic range to the term mysticism mm-hmm. that is very, very broad, but uh, In some senses, mysticism uh, means for some people anything that's mysterious. Mm. Because the Latin word mysterium is what we get mysticism from. So if anything's sort of awesome or inexplicable Mm. or uh, epic, as Mm. people say, oh, that's a mystical experience. Mm. Mm. Um, If we want to speak with other christians intelligibly then i think we have to tighten up the the definition of mysticism and align ourselves with what historically it has tended to mean mm-hmm. as a term that's differentiated from cognate terms like pietism and spirituality generally and things like that. So I'm meandering around a bit, aren't I? Mm, But I'm going to finally come Mm. up to it. Um, The the real heart uh, and distinctive thing that that makes mysticism what it is, is it's a cultivated conscious presence of God. Mm -hmm. A conscious awareness of, of the presence of God
0: Mm -hmm.
2: in real time. Mm
0: -hmm. Cultivated, conscious awareness of the presence Mm. of God.
2: Yes. Okay. And there's a lot of prep for that, Mm -hmm. a lot of recommended ways of cultivating that. Uh, There are a lot of practical implications for what should follow behaviorally from that. But um, that's why the word cultivated is in there because Mm -hmm. you have a role in putting out the welcome mat for the presence Mm. of god Mm -hmm. but it's it's to be differentiated from all the kinds of spirituality that are basically drawn from logical inferences from what you believe right i believe cognitively that christ died for me Mm -hmm. so i feel emotions of gratitude for that Mm -hmm. that's not mysticism i believe that christ died for me Therefore, I'm going to live in obedience to him and participate in the mm-hmm. Great Commission. That's a good moral response to your convictions, mm-hmm. and it's very important to yeah. the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. But it's not really yeah. addressing what mysticism is about. Mm-hmm. Mysticism has, beyond the cognitive, beyond the moral dimensions of the Christian faith, it's about this relational dynamic that transcends mysteriously mm-hmm. this huge gap between the material Mm. And the transcendent, mm. yeah, that's what yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, just to narrow without the conversation. There's, there's supposed
2: to be a conversation, not me lecturing.
1: No, me. this is good. <laughs> uh, like, there's a great. We're talking about today about Christian mysticism, mm-hmm. most of it, because there's different sorts of what you say, like like uh, experience experiencing the presence of God. Or a being oh, that, transcendent. Is, that, yeah, mm-hmm. transcendent that's real, right? But today we're going to talk, uh, at least in the first part, about Christian mysticism, right? And I know a lot, a lot of people think that you know that mysticism and those experiences of of, uh, of feeling God or seeing God or or hearing God's voice or or there's a presence and then I saw something and it touched my shoulder or stuff like that. A lot of people think those are you know the charismatic thing. Pentecostal people experienced that and, and that's kind of their thing it's sort of weird it's their thing but it's, it's not right you can you can trace the, the mystic movement all the way back to the beginning of the church or at least the, to the fathers right so my all this to ask the question <laughs> <laughs> where, where did, do you trace the like the first mystics in the church to what year who were they what happened there in the and past? how
0: did they yeah how did how do we define them as mystics yeah. rather than your average believer? Yeah. Who's, or how do well, you get them? Um, well,
2: I would say that the uh, first mystics were the writers of the New Testament. Um, and for them, they didn't, wouldn't label themselves mystics because they just thought this is normal Christianity. Mm. It's only when a kind of Living out of the Christian faith, surfaces that's thin on this dimension that you have to start to name the deficiency <laughs> and and try to uh, cultivate it. Mm-hmm. but but, at the beginning, um, I would like to think that, um, Lo, I am with you always, as Jesus mm-hmm. promised mm-hmm. would be something that was taken seriously and considered a normal uh, part of uh, life with god mm-hmm. uh, whether mm-hmm. you're whatever you're doing in the roman empire but But as that perhaps faded a little bit fairly early on, mm-hmm. some of the earliest people who intentionally began to articulate this dimension would would be as early as origin. Mm-hmm. So we're talking very early in, in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think um, maybe it would be helpful to visualize um, people on two sides of a room. They're all Christians, but on the left-hand side are those who are nervous about experiencing God or experiencing things they can't control uh, altogether, they're they're suspicious of the subjective. They're suspicious of the s- experiential, mm. and they fall back to a faith way of life that's chiefly confession and conviction of beliefs mm-hmm. and the discipline of moral living as a consequence of that. So theology and ethics mm. is what they highlight. Mm. And, and over on the other side are all those who either disdain the life of the mind and ignore moral obligation, <laughs> those are really dangerous people, <laughs> or in this group over here on the other side are those who feel that to have a holistic, authentic, like equal to the original intent kind of Christian life, you will have an experiential dimension to supplement and round out Mm. the beliefs Mm. and the behaviors. So, on this other side, could we call them the Mm experience-affirming or more holistic Christian Mm. camp, Mm. um, there are different preferred pathways to cultivating that deep experience – but, as you get to it and and start to parse it out a little more carefully, what the the mystics are suggesting as pathways into this conscious awareness of the living presence of god um the the pathways are a little different, and in some ways, they're almost contrasting mm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: because just to give you an example. Typically, the Pentecostal charismatic pathway to profound encounter, transforming encounter with, with God is through the ecstatic
1: mm-hmm.
2: and through often powerful emotional experiences. And the mystics are, whoa, slow down, they go the other direction into deep silence and solitude mm. and stillness. Where you don't lift your hands to God, but in your spirit you go deep to the core of your being, where mm. deep calleth on to deep. It, it's almost like two different pathways to the same Lord.
0: Mm.
2: Oh, And the, these are mental constructions. I'm mm. using, mm. you yeah. know, distances yeah. and up it's and down. Yeah. But, but it's really, I think, a way of saying there's a sense in which you could argue – that the Pentecostal charismatic pathway is a kind of mysticism, or, as some people do, argue that it is actually an alternative to the mystical tradition, but shares with the mystical tradition a mm-hmm. valuation and a celebration of the possibility mm-hmm. of real encounter
0: with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. Is, is, it, it would, is then mysticism and Christian spirituality synonymous?
2: No, I, I don't think so. I, I as we said, um, mm. earlier, um, the mystical pathway is a pathway of Christian spirituality. Right. It's, it's a sort of a subdivision yeah. of okay. the, the larger oh. thing. Mm-hmm. Rich, Richard Foster has a wonderful book streams of living water in which he lays out six legitimate pathways to to the Christian life or to Mm -hmm. the uh, spiritual Mm -hmm. life. And uh, one of those is basically the mystical pathway right. now because there's so much suspicion of what mystical might bring with its historical baggage mm-hmm. yeah. uh he retitles that the contemplative stream right. yeah. okay. uh, but it, that's really what he's talking yep. about but, but i think he very helpfully articulates that it is a pathway but it's not the only pathway mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes i think you know in in the generosity of god's spirit he adapts uh, the pathways to himself, somewhat according to our temperaments mm. Mm. and uniqueness as individuals, mm-hmm. and and you know the the spirit is such a celebrant of diversity in in nature and in the church and gifts yeah. mm-hmm. that it would be surprising if um, the spirit signed off on a one size fits all mm. Procrustean bed when it comes to meeting with the lord
0: yeah yeah Mm.
2: i always feel my spirit jarred a little bit when people of a mystical temperament bad mouth charismatics Mm. as simply by reason of being charismatic um, a little deficient in mental capacity Mm. (laughs) and at the same time i feel grieved in my spirit When I hear people saying, the only way you can really worship God as freely as I do is get those hands over your head and do it my way.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Now, I understand that the body postures facilitate Mm -hmm. a psychic experience, but sometimes folding, kneeling, closing eyes are also physical pathways Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. going deeper Mm -hmm. with God. Yeah. So I think there's this. Mm. We we should approach this with um, an invitation to explore the, the rich diversity of pathways mm. to what we all seek, and that is transforming encounter, mm. and uh, mm-hmm. if possible, sustained encounter yeah. with 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 God.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What what I was talking to Claire uh, before was, is, is it like a talking about experiences experiences you you can't you can really uh, i mean try to explain or or comprehend or stuff people have heard when they were praying and then they're they're not like sure what happened i was praying i I sensed something and then this this sensations are getting you know stronger and stronger every time and then some people kind of pull off because i'm freaking out i don't i don't understand what's happening some people just want more and more and then then people you know a lot of Christians have been years and years in in, in their faith, and and, a, and a, a lot of people try to, you know, th- they think is a continuum, like. The, the more you grow, the more spiritual you become. The more experiences you want to have, the more uh, clearly you want to hear the voice of the spirit. The more visions you want to have, or dreams, or just you know the closest, the closeness with with God and Jesus and stuff like that. And they just want to j- just go up, right, and up, 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 and just have intensity with Jesus. I don't know. How, I don't even know how to describe, describe that.
0: <laughs> well, deeper, deeper encounter, like deeper more encounter, more deeper right, encounter. or real,
1: yeah. or more experiential. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, a lot of people. Uh, think that if they go that pathway, if those things continue to happen, I'm I'm bound to you know fall off a cliff like soon sooner than later because I I know I've heard weird stories about people going crazy and and so so my question is is it should it's for some people f- it feels like it should be a continuum you have to go deeper and deeper and deeper until you die and you embrace Jesus after death or some people say like no it's, it's it's not about the feelings it's not about the visions it's not about it's it's about how you live your life how you love your brother how 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 you uh, care for the poor how you visit the sick stuff like that so so like the the kind of uh understanding of of christian growth i'm sh- i don't believe it's opposite but like just talking about the uh, experiences and mysticism right now, and leaving the other the other one to the side a little bit. Should we all? I don't know if it's should we all. What do you think about that being a, being a continuum of, of, of uh, more and more deepness? Is that a good word? Well,
2: well, you've really put out a lot on the table. <laughs> yeah. Octavio is good at that, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, I I would. Say that uh, the testimony of the mystics is, first of all, that we have to be careful that we do not become people who are greedy for experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us uh, who've been the regent or part of regent are spiritual instincts are to gravitate toward uh, knowledge. We're, we're passionate about understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intellectual life, you know, is very important to us. And, and so what we always have to be chastened by is the fact that the Christian life consists of more than intellectual mm-hmm. acquisition. Even the greed of mastery of knowledge, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so so in for the mystic that would be an idol to to put your desires so much onto knowledge that they're deflected from God, mm-hmm. and similarly they would caution that you can't become uh, an experience monger uh, as though <laughs> as though your your faith is a kind of spiritual eroticism uh-huh. where you're looking for these hyped up <clears throat> experiences mm. and and you almost become addicted to them the the, the uh, mystics say you even have to relinquish that what your mm-hmm. ultimate goal mm-hmm. is is an awareness of the presence
0: mm.
2: of god And one in which the object of your adoration is him and delighting in him, not seeking experiences for yourself. And some of the deep mystics say that sometimes to test us, um, the the wonderful experiences may even be withdrawn Mm -hmm. for a time. I, I think that um one of, one of the best definitions of prayer maybe one of the better definitions of the mystical life is is keeping company with God. Hmm. Doesn't always have to be verbal. Doesn't always have to have an emotional stroking. But it's keeping company with God. Hmm. And I just think that's just such a a wonderful aspiration to, to be comfortable in the presence, the attuned to the presence of God, welcoming of it.
1: Maybe, maybe the way you would view a mystic is like he's lost in the oblivion five hours a day. Maybe I'm I'm the guy that's that's got the mystics wrong in my head because for me that'd be like yeah you're a mystic you do that like at least five hours a year <laughs> a, a day It's like you're you're lost in the spiritual world or realm or experiencing mm-hmm. different things five hours a day and then you kind of come back to eat <laughs> then you go up again yeah. but that that be me or some other people's uh, way of looking at or or comprehending their lives or or what they did or
2: or what they do now. Well, one of the, the great strengths of the mystical tradition is that it opens up and bears witness to the possibility that in this time-space continuum in which we live, where everything's very ordinary, mm. gritty, and material, mm. you can nonetheless touch the face of God and f- bask in the beauty of the only one who ultimately cannot disappoint all your yearnings. Mm -hmm. that that's the the wonderful witness of of the mystical tradition Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the downside of the mystical tradition is that it speaks so much of how your identity needs to be negated your ego needs to be relinquished and you have to cultivate a disinterest in all the things that god has made around you so that you become Mm-hmm. heavenly minded mm-hmm. rather than earthly mm-hmm. anchored and it's very interesting um, actually today uh, I was just reviewing this when, when, the, when, when the early evangelicals like Wesley mm-hmm. encountered the mystics they were drawn to this dimension of relationship with God
0: mm-hmm.
2: but Wesley for one really reacted negatively to the kind of dualistic assumption uh-huh. that said, in order to be close to God, mm-hmm. I have to abandon yeah. my location mm. as a dusty earthling yeah, mm. in this mm. station that I have been assigned to serve. And so um, mm. Mm. Um, what what Wesley came up with was a kind of compromised appropriation of the mystical tradition that he called – a mysticism of service. A mysticism that, from which you draw the spiritual energy and inspiration and delight to sustain you Mm. as you carry out your calling out of love Mm
1: -hmm.
2: for the beloved Mm -hmm. in the world and in the gritty ordinariness Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the ways that that Wesley, I think, sort of set the evangelical tradition on the right trajectory was to say these people have something to, to offer us,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it's with an asterisk beside it mm. because what we need to remember is that as Christians we are not dualists like the Platonists of old where Mm -hmm. where that's good, the spiritual life is good and the earthly life is bad. No, we are people who model our lives after the principle of the incarnation where the word becomes flesh and dwells, Mm -hmm. inhabits, occupies this place. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so that kind of earthy mysticism is is what the the early evangelicals aspired to. Okay. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you know, we've we've struggled to to keep the right balance because if you take Christian spirituality, life with God in its holistic sense, it's about three things. It's about relationship, it's about transformation, and it's about vocation and calling. The, the Christian life is about connecting, being changed, and doing Mm. Mm -hmm. and what's so important is that we don't just get fixated in a self-improvement way Mm -hmm. like spiritual formation is becoming a better person it's like 24-hour fitness yeah um or that it's all missional what do i have to do to sort Mm -hmm. of validate myself and be pleasing to god and uh, Mm -hmm. you know not be ashamed of myself how can i expand my resume to the glory of god um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but to remember that that um, relational dimension is actually – it's as though we're deep-sea divers, and, and we've got this air hose to the surface, which is God. Mm-hmm. And if we crimp the air hose, uh, if we compromise the relational, then the transformation can't occur, mm. and the vocation becomes mm. self – Effort, rather than guided
0: Mm.
2: purpose. Mm -hmm. So, I I think a qualified amen to the mystics and what they have to offer is is the Mm. pathway Mm -hmm.
0: forward. Yeah, I I feel like in the in the Western world, at least, and definitely in North America there is – it's not just Christians who are looking for this kind of – some sort of experience of the transcendence or or a or a presence or a kind of even a mindfulness kind of thing of oh, being yeah. aware of all that sort of – you know, all that kind of language. And so kind of thinking around that and that sort of – there has been a resurgence of that, you know, in the last, I don't know, however long, 15, mm-hmm. 20, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years. Um, what – like how, how do we understand – that sort of encounter with the divine or with the transcendent, and how might we, how does how do we make sense of that in line with how we understand this encounter with the triune living God who's manifest Himself in Christ? And you know, yeah. how, how do we, yeah,
1: yeah. To add to that, I was, I was, that was the question I wanted to make. Yeah. You, you used the, the lovely phrase "experience mongers." That's what you said, experience mongers. Yeah. I think right now, as millennials, a lot of us are. We're pushed to, we're like, the, the, the mantra is invest in experiences. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what you take from, from from your life on earth. Just invest, travel, meet people, have horrible relationships, have bad ones, have good ones, have just experience something, right? Be part of a team. Whatever you can do, just travel, just experience things. That's all you take, right? That's all that matters. So including spiritual experiences, in, 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 not not because I believe per, uh, per se not not because I have a I believe in the doctoring or in the in the dogma of whatever I'm doing I just want to feel something different or or feel less stress or or connect with something spiritual that's gonna that's gonna help me with my inner life stuff like that but they don't. They don't really connect with any religion per se. They just want it to feel different, and they actually have a lot of a lot of people. They they come with with the testimonies of man. I went to the, to India or whatever. I did this spiritual thing, and man, like changed my life. I'm, I'm a better man. I forgave my father. I connected with with some sort of of presence of love, and now I'm great. It, I'll recommend it to everybody. You, you should take that trip, buy the ticket, and go meet that meet that guy that did that for me. But they had no. Yeah. That's basically no. Well, I I think
2: what you're describing is true, mm. uh, and it's actually a rather encouraging observation mm, mm. that there is a hunger among large swaths mm. of the population for what the two panaceas of the last few centuries have not been able to deliver materialism has delivered so many commodities Mm. so many things that uh we've actually exhausted in an unhealthy way Mm. the planet itself Mm. uh and and also since the enlightenment we have put our trust in reason to guide science and technology and deliver answers to everything Mm. that's important. So the deficiencies of science, the deficiencies of materialism are becoming very apparent in Mm. this sort of cry of the next generation. And why that is happening I think is also an encouraging witness to the fact that we are hearing the cry, the searching of image bearers of God Mm. who were created to be satisfied only by more than that and so uh you know the old the old augustine quotation you have created us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in in you Mm. and and so um this this is actually encouraging Mm. that uh people are feeling this way now one one of the things that um also we should keep in mind is that although this is a fallen world, God has not abandoned it, mm. and uh, he is present. Mm. It's in God that all these non-Christian seekers live and move and have their being. So if you go to India and you try to imitate, eat, pray, love, or something, you know, mm. um, what, what you're really doing is you're moving intercontinentally enveloped by the nudging presence of god's holy spirit he has not abandoned the continent of india when people go to ashrams Mm. and and things like this and and so some of these experiences may be counterfeit alternatives to a real encounter with god or they may be murky dim insufficient glimmers Mm. of what is satisfied fully in the experience that Christ makes possible mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit. And so we, we need to be charitable toward these experiences as mm. baby steps toward union with God mm. in Christ. Mm. The other thing, too, is that an experience is not the same as another experience if the first experience is interpreted through a framework of belief that differs from the framework of belief of the other experience. So because a Christian mystic experiences God, uh, that that experience itself is a different experience because of what they believe and what they've internalized. So it, it may be... Physiologically similar, it Mm -hmm. may show up in a brain scan, uh, identical, but the experience itself is always a composite of presuppositions, assumptions, Mm -hmm. convictions, and Mm -hmm. sensory Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think there is a distinctive and ultimately fulfilling Christian mysticism, Mm -hmm. even though there are cognates, there are parallels, because all the people of the world— who have these experiences are image bearers of God and mm. touching to some degree mm. um, the elements of common grace. Yeah. Now, common can grace, I tell you yeah. one of the things that's really cool about the Christian experience of God? It's, it's, an, it's the, the union that the mystics speak of is a union of reciprocating love and delight. Mm. That That's really what the union is mm. about it's not about having your blood pressure go up it's not about crying mm. ultimately it may involve okay. things like that mm. but but it's about participating in a reciprocal dance mm. of self-forgetful love and delight yeah mm. and 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 it can't be uh, a complete union from our christian understanding unless it's reciprocal that that we reach up mm. with delight and adoration, and He reaches down in enveloping assurance, mm. and and there's this reciprocity mm. that that we were made for as uh, in the social image of God. We some people have said, you know, it's like in these moments of encounter when when the sense of union is strong, you are getting a foretaste of your eternal participation in the interior life of the trinity mm. where the persons are mutually glorifying mutually delighting mutually loving and and you get to enter into that and oh there are all kinds of emotional responses a deep centered peace because all the anxiety things don't matter anymore mm. and and the assurance and the lo- it's um it's that kind of thing that in a sense takes out the distinctive contours of the Christian mystical mm-hmm. experience.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have this image in my head. I, I just had a, a son. You know, you both know Dominic. He's eight weeks, seven weeks and a half old. And my, what, the image that I have in my head is imagine if, if along the way my, my son is like 20 years old and he, something happened and now he hates me. Right, he doesn't want to know about me. Doesn't want my money. Doesn't want my love. Nothing. He hates me. He just went to a, to a different place. He hates me, and he, he won't he won't let me let me help him. He won't let me hug him. He won't let me give me money. Nothing. And I I somehow find out that my boy really needs something, and I have that something, and I can give it to him. I don't I don't I don't need for my son to know it was it was me. I can so Claire, can you give him uh, can you pay for his rent? Or mm. can you give him some food? And he'll believe it's you. But it came from me, right? So so that's kinda of the way I I've, what you were saying common grace. Th- somehow I might be totally wrong. I don't in this case I don't think I care. But it's, <laughs> it's it feels like it's got using different things to you're really need. I'm gonna bless you through that mm. guru or that meditation. I'm mm. gonna give you something just a taste of something good and nice, it's not me. It's, it's, you're, you're not having a, a relationship with, with the triune God, but I'll still, I'll still bless you. You don't need to know it's me just now. Right, yes. But, I mean, the, the idea is so eventually for him, in that case, my son, to come back to me
2: fully. Yeah. I think that's and a, that's a that, good like, analogy. Yeah, and it, say that yeah. I mean, it was me all the time, right? Yes, you can remain anonymous because your love isn't contingent upon being recognized.
0: And his response, yeah. See
2: yeah. he he's in, in one phrase he said uh, everything. everything. In, like <laughs> <Yeah.
0: yeah. laughs> in the last five minutes. <laughs> that's why like you're the professor.
2: Yeah, that's right. You, just, it was your idea yeah, yeah. You got the good one. <laughs>
1: I've heard some people say that the mysticism amongst all religions is basically the common grounds of everyone, like in those religions. And what separates uh people in different religions are the dogmas of those religions. What, what you can, you cannot do, what's wrong, what's right, blah, blah, blah. And that's the issue. We all meet in, in the transcendent meeting mm-hmm. with the divine. That's the important thing. We all find a common ground there, and that's what we should take from it, and we should all unite in that mystical experience and sort of k- kind of forget the issue.
2: The dogmas are the problem, right? Right. So what do you think about that? <laughs> well... It is a very widespread opinion nowadays that um, experience unites and doctrines divide mm-hmm. that that's uh, uh an argument it 's not really an argument it 's an assumption that is undermining um, loyalty to to a particular faith uh, nowadays. Exactly, yeah and uh, is accelerating the the decline in in religious affiliation. Mm -hmm. It's all part of the shift from religion to spirituality. But I think what we have been um, suggesting up till now is is important to to bring back here, and that is uh, when we say that there is a a mystical dimension that all the religions attest to Mm -hmm. and cultivate – does not automatically mean that each of these religions is a reliable pathway to God. Mm -hmm. What it means is that the members of these different religions uh, possess a shared humanity that yearns and longs for what is largely thwarting us, (laughs) and that some of the Religions are actually quite sophisticated in the methods they develop to try to encounter uh, and enter into relationship with the ultimate or the divine or, or God. I don't think we have to, in a sort of knee-jerk way, deny absolutely the validity of all of their efforts. But I think we can say that some of those efforts... failures. And some of them, at best, achieve their goal so imperfectly that an encounter with Christ is absolutely imperative Mm -hmm. to make Hmm. real progress through the shrouds and shadows of murky consciousness. (laughs) And so I would acknowledge that there's a mystical disposition and hunger in all the religions and maybe even concede that at times there there may be some partial light that is gained mm-hmm. but nothing that would warrant suggesting that anything other than encountering god through christ through the enabling of the holy spirit is an adequate approach to god mm. so so that that's what i would i would say uh, in, in response to mm-hmm. that
0: hmm and kind of glenn just as we're finishing off here i'd be i'd be interested i was compelled by your kind of this idea of this mutual reciprocity and if you if i'm sitting in the room with you and i could see there was an experience like just as you're speaking about it there's something about that that's um that makes sense that there is there is this divine encounter there is this that the mutuality of um, love between God and us. Can you tell us a little bit about your, if you've got any sense of your own experience of that and how you found yourself caught up in the triune life of God at some point point uh, and ha- what's your experience of, of that being?
2: Well, I may go past 12. <laughs> uh, I, and I, the thing that um, I'm hesitating on just a little bit is um, I could happily share some of the mountaintop experiences mm-hmm. that of this mm. that, that I've had, but I don't want to leave the impression that this is a quest for yeah. notching your belt with a, a whole series of no. mountaintop yeah, experiences no. because yeah, yeah. What, what we want is mm. is to live all of life before God, comfortably keeping company with this presence mm. yeah. uh, and, and living into that as how we do life Mm -hmm. uh but but just like we seek to worship god seven days a week but we go in a focused way to be renewed in our worship on sunday i I think there's a place for these high water marks and in a sense put into uh technicolor what is experienced on a Mm. Uh, more ordinary basis yeah, yeah. Uh, from day to day, so that's, that's an yeah, important caveat to me. Uh, yeah, uh, but but there have been these wonderful moments. I shared uh, with with Octavio earlier this week uh, one that I witnessed hmm. when my dad was dying in the Kelowna General Hospital a year and a half ago, and uh, in the midst of all the indignities, at the end. Um, he began to cry, and the nurse asked him, "Why are you crying? Are, are you okay?" And he said, "No, no. These are these are tears of joy." And and he sobbed and cried for for a number of hours, and um, it was as though he was being enveloped in the presence and assurance of his heavenly Father, mm. that as he moved into the shadow of death, all was be well mm. and and he didn't have to worry about his spouse he didn't have to worry that it was all all manner of things shall be mm. well mm-hmm. and and it touched him so deeply emotionally that he that he he cried like this. and And it was just hours before he passed. And to me, that was a very meaningful mm. connection with the other side. Yeah. and um and it reminded me that that's exactly what Blaise Pascal describes in Ponce's uh, where he has joy, joy, tears of joy, and has this midnight experience. and And here in the Colonia General Hospital mm. in ni- two thousand and seventeen, my dear, humble dad is experiencing what this famous mystic mm-hmm. experienced in the mm-hmm. 17th century. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that, that was just such a, a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one other example, mm-hmm. Claire. Uh, a number of years ago, I was, I was uh, traveling from Edmonton to Regina, Saskatchewan. And I was wrestling with whether um, the Lord wanted us to move to San Diego. Uh, my wife was convinced we we should. She said, "Fine, you pray while I pack." <laughs> uh, but but on the way, I I knew that I was going to go through a little town called Outlook, Saskatchewan, on the South Saskatchewan River, where I used to be as a teenager, walk the river hills and and commune with God. And I said, I need to get back to that sacred mm. place, and I'm going to ask God what I'm supposed to do. Okay. So. I came across the bridge across the river and I parked the car on the side and I walked across, I climbed over a farmer's fence, went through this sort of cactus pasture and got down into the hills along the river. And I was heading for this particular hill that I knew as a kid. And I was going to stand there and say, God, here I am. You've been faithful all these years. What am I supposed to do? And as I came up onto that hill from decades ago as a teenager, I couldn't speak. What happened was I was just overwhelmed by a sense of gratitude. Mm -hmm. It was a tsunami Mm. of gratitude. Um, And and it was just this powerful, unexpected thing that said, I'm not going to specify direction, but I'm going to give you a kind of an Ebenezer reminder, hitherto hath the Lord helped me. And uh, it was about a half hour later, I, I climbed back over the fence and got in the car. And I didn't turn the radio on for a long time because I was just processing what just happened.
0: Mm. Mm. So th- those are some mm. of the, the, the moments that, yeah. are, that are special for yeah. me. Thank, yeah. Glenn, that's really, really helpful. That's why. I was pretty sure you had something good to say (laughs) about that. Sparkling your eyes. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Glenn, our time is is gone, but thanks so much for your time and your insights and conversation. Thank you for coming so much,
1: Glenn. Thank you so much. Well,
2: let me just say at the end here that uh, I'm so glad to be at Regent College because I have a lifelong debt to people like Ian Rennie, who's gone to be with the Lord, and Jim Packer, and uh, dear Jim Houston, who... Uh, we're real mentors for mm-hmm. me on this journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's great to have you back. Thank <laughs> you so much,
1: Glenn.
2: Thanks for listening to the Regent College podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To discover more about Regent College, its upcoming events, conferences, courses, and more content like this, visit regent.net. That's R-G-N-T dot net.